Chapter Two of the Place Beyond the Winds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Place Beyond the Winds by Harriet Teresa Comstock. Chapter Two. With skill and grace, Jerry Joe steered his boat to the landing place at the foot of the garden. He leaped out and tied the rope to the ring in the rocks. Then he waited for Priscilla to pay homage, but Priscilla was so absorbed with her own thoughts that she overlooked the expected tribute of sex to sex. At last Jerry Joe stood upright, legs wide apart, hands in pockets, and, with bold, handsome face thrown back, cried, "'Well, there!' At this Priscilla started, gave a light laugh, and readjusting her yoke, walked down to the young fellow below it's jerry joe she said slowly still held by the change in him and alone yes jerry joe gave a gleaming smile that showed all his strong white teeth long keen teeth they were like the fangs of an animal where are the others asked priscilla uncle's dead the boy returned promptly and cheerfully dead and a good thing he was getting cranky Priscilla started back as if the mention of death on that glorious day cast a cloud and a shadow. And your father, Jerry Joe, is he, too, dead? No, dead, he is in jail. In jail? Never in her life before had Priscilla known of any one being in Kenmore jail. The red wooden house behind its high stockade fence was at once the pride and relic of the place. To have a jail and never use it. What more could be said for the peaceful virtues of a community? Yes, Dad's in jail, and in jail he will stay, says he, till them as put him there begs his pardon, humble and proper. Priscilla now dropped the yoke upon the rocks and gave her entire thought to Jerry Joe, who, she could see, was bursting with importance and a sense of the dramatic. What did your father do, Jerry Joe? It was like this. Uncle Michael died, and the wake we had for him was the most splendid you ever saw. Bottles and kegs from the white fish, and money to pay for all, too. Everyone welcome and free to say his say and drink his fill. I got drunk myself. Long about midnight, Big Hornby, he said as how he once licked Uncle Michael, and Dad, he cried back that to blacken a man's name when he was too dead to stand up for it was a dirty trick, and so it was. Then it was forth and back for a time, with compliments and what not. And if you please, just as Dad sent a bit of a stool at Big Hornby, who should come in at the door but Mr. Schoolmaster, him as had no invite and was not wanted. The stool took him full on the arm and broke it, the arm, and folks took sides, and someone, after a bit, got Dad from under the pile and tried to make him beg pardon. Beg pardon at his own wake in his own home, and schoolmaster taking chances come in when he was not invited. Uff! Jerry Joe's eyes flashed superbly. I'll go to jail first and be damned, said Dad, and that put it in the mind of Big Hornby, and he up and says, To jail with him! And so they takes Dad, thinking to scare him, and claps him into jail, not even mending the lock or nailing up the boards. That's three days since, and yesterday Hornby he comes to Dad, and says as how a steamer was in with mail and freight and who was to carry it around and dad says as how i was a man now and could hold up the honor of the family says he and moreover says dad i'll neither eat nor come out 
till you come to your senses and beg pardon for mistaking a joke for an insult jerry joe paused to laugh then so here am i with the boatload there's a box of seeds for your father and then i'm off to the hill place for them as stays there has come and there are boxes and packages for them as usual jerry joe proceeded to extract mr glenn's box from the boat and priscilla her clear skin flushed with excitement drew near to examine the cargo more books she gasped oh jerry joe do you remember the first book do i jerry joe had shouldered the box of seeds and now bent upon the girl a glad softened look do i you was a wild thing then priscilla and i told him about the slob of a tear and he laughed in his big queer way and he said i remember well that by that token the book was more yours than his and he wanted me to carry it back but i knew what was good for you and i would not see here priscilla would you like to have a peek at this and then jerry joe put his burden down and returning to the boat drew from under the seat a book in a clean separate wrapper and held it out toward her oh the hands were as eager as of old what will you give for it a deep red mounted to the young fellow's cheeks anything jerry joe a kiss yes doubtfully yes the book was in the outstretched hands the hot kiss lay upon the smooth girlish neck and then they looked at each other it is his book no yours i sent for it myself oh jerry joe and how did you know i copied it from that one of his priscilla tore the wrappings asunder and saw that the book was a duplicate of the one over which long ago she had loved and wept thank you jerry joe the voice faltered but i wish it had the tear spot that was his book this is yours an angry light flashed in jerry joe's eyes he had arranged this surprise with great pains and had used all his savings but it cannot be the same jerry joe thank you but give us another kiss the young fellow begged priscilla drew back and held out the book no she was ready to relinquish the poems but she would not buy them keep the book it's yours jerry joe scowled and then he shouldered the box and ran up the path when he came back priscilla was gone and the spring days seemed commonplace and dull to jerry joe the adventure was over priscilla had filled her pails and had carried them and the book to the house something had happened to her also she was out of tune with the sunlight and warmth she wanted to get close to life again and feel as she had earlier the kinship and joy but the mood had passed it was after the dishes of the midday meal were washed that she bethought her of the old shrine back near the woods it was many a day since she had been there not since the autumn before and she felt old and different but still she had a sudden desire to return to it and try again the mystic rite she had practised when she was a little girl it was like going back to play to be sure all the sacredness was gone but the interest remained and her yearning spurred her to her only resource at two o'clock nathaniel was off to a distant field and theodora announced that she must walk to the village for a bit of erranding she wanted priscilla to join her thinking it would please the girl but priscilla shook her head and pleaded a weariness that was more mental than physical at three o'clock arrayed in a fresh gown over which hung a red cape priscilla stole from the house and made her way to the opening near the woods 
as she drew close the power of suggestion overcame the new sense of age and indifference the witchery of the place held her the old charm reasserted itself she was being hypnotized by the past tiptoeing to the niche in the rock she drew away the sheltering boughs and branches she had placed there one golden september day the leaves had been red and yellow then they were stiff and brown now the leering skull confronted her as it had in the past and changed her at once to the devotee before the dead thing the live lovely creature bowed gravely after all had not the image instead of god answered her first prayer nathaniel's heart had not been softened and school had not been permitted but there had been lessons given by the master when she told him of her new god how he had laughed clapping his knees with his long thin white hands but he had taught her on hillside and woodland path no one knew this but themselves and the strange idol a rapt look spread over priscilla's face the look of the worshipper who could lose self in a passion but this was no dread god that demanded unlovely sacrifice it was a glad creature that desired laughter song and dance priscilla had seen to that a repetition of her father's creed would have been unendurable skip skip skibble dee dee dosh again the deep and sweeping courtesy and chanting of the weird words the final dosh held in its low fierce tone all the significance of abject adoration with that dosh had the child priscilla wooed the favor and recognition of the god it was a triumph of appeal and then the dance began the wild fantastic steps full of grace and joy and the fury and passion of youth round and round spun the slight form with arms overhead or spread wide the red cape floated rising and falling the uplifted face changed with every moment's flitting thought it was a beautiful thing that dance grotesque pagan and yet divine and through it all panting and pulsing sounded the strange incomprehensible words skib skib skibble dee dee dosh while the right was at high tide a young fellow lying prone under a clump of trees beyond the open space looked on first in amaze mingled with amusement and then with delight and admiration he had never seen anything at once so heathenish and so exquisite to one hampered and restricted as he was in bodily freedom the absolute grace was marvellous but the uncanny words and the girl's apparent seriousness gave a touch of unreality to the scene presently from sheer inability to further control himself the looker-on gave a laugh that rent the stillness of the afternoon like a cruel shock priscilla horrified paused in the midst of a wild whirl and listened her eyes dilating her nostrils twitching she waited for another burst that would make her understand having given vent to that one peal of mirth richard travers pulled himself to a sitting position and by so doing presented his head and shoulders to the indignant eyes of priscilla glenn oh cried she how dare you and now travers got rather painfully upon his feet and with fiddle under one arm and book under the other came forward into the open and inclined his uncovered head he was twenty then fair and handsome and in his gray eyes shone that kindliness that was doomed later on to bring him so much that was both evil and good i beg your pardon 
I did not know I was on sacred ground. I just happened here, you see, and I could not help the laugh. It was the only compliment I could pay for anything so lovely, so utterly lovely. Priscilla melted at once, and fear fled. Not for an instant did she connect this handsome fellow with the crooked wrongdoer of the hill place. Jerry Joe's long-ago description had been too vivid to be forgotten, and this stranger was one to charm and win confidence. Will you? Oh, please do. Let me play for you? You dance like a nymph. Do you know what a nymph is? Priscilla shook her head. Well, it's the only thing that can dance like you, the only thing that should ever be allowed to dance in the woods. Come, now listen sharp, and as I play, keep step. Leaning against a strong young hemlock, Dick Travers placed his fiddle and struck into a giddy, tuneful thing as picturesque as a time and occasion. With head bent to one side and eyes and lips smiling, Priscilla listened until something within her caught and responded to the tripping notes. At first she went cautiously, feeling her way after the enchanted music. Then she gained courage, and the very heart of her danced and trembled in accord. Fine, fine, now slower. See, it's the nymph stepping this way and that. Forward so, now. And then, exhausted and laughing madly, Priscilla sank down upon a rock near the musician, who, seeing her worn and panting, played on, without a word, a sweet, sad strain that brought tears to the listener's eyes, tears of absolute enjoyment and content. She had never heard music before in all her bleak, colorless life, and Dick Travers was no mean artist in his way. And now, he said presently, sitting down a few feet from her, just tell me who you are and what in the world prompts you to worship so adorably that hideous brute over there. Between fourteen and twenty lies a chasm of age and experience that ensures patronage to one and dependence to the other. Travers felt aged and protecting, but Priscilla grew impish and perverse. Besides, she always intuitively shielded her real self until she capitulated entirely. This was a new play, a new comrade, but she must be cautious. I, I have no name. He made me. She nodded toward the grinning skull. On bright sunny afternoons in spring, when flowers and green things are beginning to live, he lets me dance, once in a great while, so that I can keep alive. Priscilla, with this, gave such a beaming and mischievous smile that Travers was bewitched. You! But he did not put his thought into words. He merely gave smile for smile and asked, Did he teach you to dance? No, the dance is, is me. That's why he likes me. He's so dead that he likes to see something that is alive. The whole world would adore you could it see you as I just have. Then Travers, with the artist's eye, wondered how dark hair could possibly hold such golden tints, and how such a dark face could make lovely the blue, richly lashed eyes. He knew she must be from Lonely Farm. Jerry Joe used to speak of her. Lately he had said nothing, to be sure, but this certainly must be the child who had once cried over a book of his. Poor, little, temperamental beggar. Come up and deliver, Travers gave a laugh. I'm Robin Hood, and I want you to explain yourself. Why do you bow down before that brazen and evil-looking brute? 
priscilla hugged her knees in her clasped hands and said on the defense he's the only god that answered my prayer i tried father's god and it didn't work then i fixed up this one and it did what was it you wanted i wanted to learn things i wanted to go to school i prayed to have father's heart softened but it stayed rocky then i began to worship this the right hand waved toward the bleached and grinning skull and my wish came true i told the schoolmaster do you know mr anton farwell i've heard of him i told him i wanted to learn and after he got through laughing he said he'd been sent by my god to teach me all i wanted to know but of course he can't do that do what travers was fascinated by the child's naivete teach me all i want to know why i'm going to suffer and know many things good lord ejaculated travers you won't mind if i laugh i don't think there's anything to laugh at priscilla told him sternly have you ever suffered the laugh died from travers face suffered he repeated yes yes well doesn't it pay when you get what you want and know things why see here youngster it does you've managed to dig out of your life quite a brilliant philosophy though i suppose you do not know what that is it's holding to your ideal the thing that seems most worth while and forcing everything else into line with that now you see i had a bad handicap a clutch on me that made me a weak sickly fellow but through it all i kept my ideal priscilla was listening bravely she was following this thought as she had the music something in her was responding she did not speak and travers went on talking more to himself than to her always before the poor thing i really was walk the fine thing i would be i thought myself straight and strong and clean lord how it hurt sometimes but i grew after a time into something approaching the ideal going on before me thinking high and strong thoughts forgetting the meanness and aches do you understand this was a fairy story to the listener rigid and spellbound she replied yes and that's what i've been doing and nobody knew i've just been working hard for that me of me that i always see i don't care what i have to suffer but the throbbing words paused i'm going to know what it is all about it again travers was bewildered and bound yes life and me and what we mean i'm not going to stay here when the lure of the states gets me i'm going things were getting too tense and travers yielded to a nervous impulse to laugh again this brought a frown to priscilla's brow forgive me he pleaded and now see here little pagan let us make a compact let us keep our ideals don't let anything take them from us is it a go he stretched his hand out and the small brown one lay frankly in it and we'll come here and and worshipped before that fiend just you and i and we won't ever tell priscilla nodded and now will you dance once more just once the girl bounded from the rock and before the bow struck the strings she was poised and ready then it was on again that strange wild game the notes rang clear and true and as true tripped the twinkling feet with head bent and eyes riveted on the graceful form travers urged her on by word and laugh 
and he did not heed a shadow which fell across the sunlighted open space until priscilla stopped short and a deep voice trembling with emotion roared one word you there stood nathaniel glenn his face twitching with anger and something akin to fear how much he had heard no one could tell but he had heard and seen enough to arouse alarm and suspicion in his hand was a long lash whip and as priscilla did not move he raised it aloft and sent it snapping around the rigid figure it did not touch her but the act called forth all the resentment and fierce indignation of the young fellow who looked on stop he shouted then because he sought for words to comfort and could think of no others he said to priscilla don't let them kill your ideal hold to it in spite of everything yes the words came slowly defiantly i'm going to go nathaniel was losing control go you then as if waking from sleep the girl turned and with no backward look went her way nathaniel following travers exhausted from the excitement stretched himself once more upon the mossy spot from which priscilla had roused him he was sensitive to every impression and quivering in every nerve what he had witnessed turned him ill with loathing and contempt brutality in any form was horrible to him and the thought of the pretty spiritual child under the control of the coarse stern man was almost more than he could bear then memory added fuel to the present it was that man who had conjured up some kind of opposition to his mother had made living problems harder for her until she had won the confidence of others the man must be travers concluded a fanatic and an ignoramus and to think of him holding power over that sprite of the woods he could not quite see how he might help the girl but lying there her dancing image flitting before his pitying eyes he meant to outwit the rough father in some way and bring into the child's life a bit of brightness then he smiled and his easy good nature returned i'll get her to dance for me never fear i'll teach her to love music and i'll tell her stories i must get her to explain about the lure of the states what on earth could the little beggar have meant it sounded as if she thought america had some sinister clutch on the dominion and those infernal sounding words travers shook with laughter that dosh was about the most blasphemous thing i ever listened to in a short space of time that child managed to cram in more new ideas words and acts than anyone i've ever met before i shouldn't wonder if she proves a character end of chapter two recording by nancy cochran gergen gilbert arizona